We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Years of age. Her father, she, uh, he got sick and died of cancer. Months later, her brother was killed in a car wreck. Later, her mother gets cancer and dies. A little while later, a pit bull dog rips off her lip. She has plastic surgery. And then she looked at God and said, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. You may have known a lot of people. Maybe you've been to the point. I was to that point early in my life at the age of 17. My father passed away of brain tumors. And I had fasted and prayed for five years. And I told God, God, if you can't show up when I need you, then I really don't need you. I believe that all of us go through tough times in life. And in those tough times, some of us get to that point of, God, I'm done with you. Done with you. What does it take for us to get done with God? I took the case last week. I was a, I was a defendant of God last week. And I defended God. Because a lot of things we think happen in our lives, we ask why we blame God. God's really not to blame. The first person we need to look at is who? Us. Ourselves. The second person we need to look at is not just the person, but the elements, the atmosphere. Sometimes uh, life just happens and, and the elements just happen. The third thing is satanic attack. Sometimes it is satanic attack. But the fourth thing is God because if it's good and perfect, it comes from God. Amen? We need to understand that when we're going through tough times in our life. So today, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Habakkuk chapter 3. In this passage of Scripture, you have to understand that Habakkuk is there as a prophet. He's getting ready to speak to the nation. And God has told Habakkuk, I am raising up the Babylonians. Now, if you don't know the Babylonians, these are bad dudes. When they take you captive... They don't want to kill you. They want to torture you. Their main mode of getting you back to the Babylonian uh, territory was to take these big hooks. Hook them up through your big jawbone here. Come out your mouth. Take that hook. Hook it to a chain. And you're just lined up on a chain getting pulled by a hook back to the Babylonian territory. They would torture people, burn people, hang people, cut people. All those things. And God has spoken to Habakkuk and said, Because my people have not repented. I am going to allow the Babylonians to come in and to destroy them. No, not destroy them because God doesn't destroy his people. I'm going to allow them to come in and be taken captive until they repent. Now Habakkuk knows that he's not going to be spared either. Now how many of us would start asking why? Well, God's already said why. No repentance. He's a very jealous God. But Habakkuk gets pen and paper and he writes this down. Look at this. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. In other words, everything is gone. Verse 18. I will blame the Lord. No. Yet I will say it. Rejoice. I will do what? Rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. So it's not just 
you know, just singing a song of praise. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to dance. I'm going to have joy in my life. Though everything, the fields are gone, the cattle are gone, everything's gone. Though all the things are gone, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise my Lord. Why? Verse 19, the sovereign Lord. Let me know God is sovereign. He sees the big picture. The sovereign Lord is my, what? Strength. Where do you get your strengths from today? Do you get it from everybody liking you on Facebook? Somebody didn't like my post. Oh. You, you get your strength because you get reaffirmed or, or people, you know, no, no, no. Where's your strength? It's not from our things. It's not from the condition of our life. Our strength comes from our sovereign Lord. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Now these deer, he's talking about these little tiny deer who hop all over the craggy uh, cliffs of the mountains. I hope you've seen them. I've been there, seen them. It's amazing. There are no other animals in this area of the mountains except these deer. They're beautiful. And they can just hop like they're on solid ground. They jump, make these leaps 10, 15 feet, and they land, and they never once slip their feet or never once think about falling. It's an amazing thing. And, and Habakkuk said, God, you're my strength. I rejoice in you, and you take me to high places of worshiping you. You take me to high places in life because my life is not dependent upon my things. No matter what. Though the buds are gone, though the fields are gone, the cattle are gone, everything is gone, I will rejoice. Now at this point, I've got to ask Habakkuk, are you insane? Have you gone mad? Are you on drugs? What is going on with you? Because the average person, if they realize the torture that is ahead that God is proclaiming, they're going to be on their knees begging God, why is this happening? Or why are you allowing this to happen? But, but Habakkuk looks at the bigger picture. He goes, God, I know why it's happening. You are going to do everything you can to get people to repent. I am part of the process. If I have to go through the sufferings so that the nation repents and gets back to you, so be it. But during this time, I trust your sovereignty. Wow. That's some tough stuff. That's not milk stuff. That's meat right there. When we can go through the hardest of times. I talked about Job for a little bit last week and one day everything was gone. All of his cattle, all of the possessions, all ten children gone in one day. And he said this, I'm going to praise God. Then the devil comes back and said, if you let me touch his body, he'll curse you and die. So boils all over his body. I talked about him sitting on a, a pile of pottery shards, scraping the boils off. And everybody, his wife, his friends are coming by, telling him to deny God. But he says, you know what? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Shall we only serve God when life is good? Shall we only receive good from God and not the bad? And I gotta tell you, that hits me. I gotta tell you, if you've been through some tough times, that's gonna hit you. 
I mean, churches go through tough times, don't they? Seasons. I've been in the ministry over 30-something years. I've seen the seasons go. There's times when, man, the church is on fire for God. Church is packed out. Everybody's going. The economy's going good. Everything's, and it's wonderful. Then there are times where everybody just kind of gets a little bit of lethargic, uh, spiritual, and it's kind of hip and haw, and people are like, well, you know, I've got to go do this, got to do that. And then all of a sudden, you kind of have this sometimes cold spell. Sometimes people really can't get a hold of God unless everything's bad. I remember a few bad times in our society, and in those bad times in our society, our church was packed out. And I said, God, why did these tragedies happen? And he, and he told me one day, he said, it's the only way I can get some of them to come to church. He doesn't want you to have to go through the tough times. But if we do, we've got to decide which way are we going through this. Are we going to let the enemy steal our joy, steal our song, steal our praise? Or do we all of a sudden have this resolve like Job in a back and can go, God, no matter what, good, bad, I will praise you. My sovereign Lord who is my strength. My strength. It doesn't come from the balance in my chicken account. It doesn't come because of all the things. Because i got to tell you, the best things in life aren't things. The best things in life come from God. The blessings. My wife, Friday night, made a wonderful meal for us. We sat down at the table. That's unusual. She had the table set. We sat down at the table. We had this lovely meal. And she said, what are you thankful for? You know, we got the Fitbit thing going on, right? Fitbit for the song. And I said, uh, well, actually, she made a mention of how much this would cost at a restaurant. And she said, uh, what do you think? I said, well, here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for this meal because it's worth more than a million dollars to me. Ten million dollars could not replace that meal. Because I got to sit down and have a meal with the love of my life. And I meant it from all my heart. Because we don't know how much time we got here. The sovereign God may, may say, you know what? For a bigger picture purpose, you don't need to be here anymore. Come on home. Because sometimes we will touch people in our lives and sometimes we touch people in our deaths. Sovereign God is the one who's controlling all this. So no matter what happens in your life and my life, my strength comes from God. And I will rejoice in the Lord, my Savior. Yeah. Why? Because we are to honor Him. Job understood this. He didn't blame God. He worshiped. Remember, there's an old song. I, I've been kind of sentimental lately. There's no song that says, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. And it goes, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And I often wonder, today in our society, God, where are we with that? Would we rather have you than anything in our life? And I'm talking about possessions. I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about family. Because i got to tell you, I, I see churches all across our nation going through a season 
of people having short roots. Listen, we are not to be blown around like some little seed stuck up on top of the ground. Oklahoma knows what wind is. You know how things get blown around. Had it not been for my privacy fence, I would have gotten some new lawn furniture last week. Had to put a weight on our little chihuahua so she doesn't go flying around. But the wind will blow things that are not rooted and grounded. And we got all kind of winds today blowing through churches. It's this, it's that. And the Bible tells me that I'm to be like a tree planted by the water. And I will not be moved. Not because I'm stubborn, but I am steadfast in my belief in God. Because I know there are seasons in life. There are seasons in churches. There are seasons in your marriage. There are times in your marriage where you're just goo goo gaga all over each other. People don't even want to see it. And then there's a time where you're not. Then there's a time where you're a little colder. Then there's times where the relationship is hot again. Yeah. And we need to understand no matter where we are in life, no matter what kind of tough times are coming, we've got to get this resolution in our spirit. God... I will serve you. I will praise you because the sovereign Lord is my strength. I have no strength without Him. My strength is not in things. My strength is not in our culture. My strength is not in popularity. But my strength comes from the Lord. God's favor more than things is what we must desire. God's favor more than things. To Habakkuk, God was enough. Enough. Wow. There's a lot of people spending a lot of time praying about things. Lord, if you can just help me get a, a new car or a new house. Lord, if you can just help that woman that looks way better than what I deserve. Just look at me one time, Lord. <laughs> Lord, if you can just help this man to like me. And God's looking at the big picture and going, but he's not good for you. She's not good for you. This new possession is not good for you. Why? Because it's going to take my place. You're going to start to love that more than you love me. And I'm a jealous God. And I will have nothing else before me. Big picture, God. There's things he allows into our lives because he knows we can handle him and keep him first. There are other things he won't allow into our lives because he knows if he does, we will then put that ahead of God. We've got to be careful. These men, Job and Habakkuk, Old Testament men, they lived for a greater purpose. Lived for a greater purpose. They understood that my life is not all about me and my comfort and my things and, and, and God bless, bless, bless me. But they understood that their lives were going to touch other people. Whether it's good or bad, God will get glory out of it. And today we're still talking about Habakkuk and we're still talking about Job as men of God who rose up in tough times. And then God blessed them, didn't He? I mean, God gave Job so much more than he had to begin with. 
more kids, more stuff. He was a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man. But because he put God first, his strength came from God. Okay, pastor, that's Old Testament. How are we going to handle this in the New Testament? Well, I got a guy. I know a man. He was a persecutor of the church. But then God got his attention and said, hey, your life is not all about you. Made him blind for three days. Let him go to the prophet and he opened his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, he realized I'm living life for a greater purpose than just me. His name was Paul. Look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. And we're going to get to a verse that, that you have all memorized. But you're going to see it, I hope, a little different today. Look at verse 11. Paul says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content. I think I preached one time six months on that one word. Learned. Paul said it's not something that you get, it's something you learn. I've learned how to be content. Whatever the circumstance, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And again, I have learned. Paul says I'm growing up. I have learned the secret of being content in, in every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. We quote that verse all the time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All what? Learn how to be content. That's what I can do through Christ who strengthens me. The sovereign Lord, my strength, helps me to live life, whether in need, in want, hungry, or if I've got plenty, I need or want nothing, and I'm well fed. I am able to handle both extremes in life because of the strength of God in me. That's the application. We quote this verse and stick all the other things to it that Paul's not talking about. Paul's not talking about all these other things. He's talking about I can go through life, the highs and the lows, the good times and the tough times. I can go through it rejoicing. Why? The Lord is my strength. He heard about a man named Habakkuk who said, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He lets my feet like the hinds deer go up to the highest of the heavens. I can rejoice in God with a big hook in my jaw being taken captive. I can rejoice when everything's gone. He heard about a man named Job who lost it all and yet said, I will serve God. He remembered a man named Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're not talking about the things we have. We're talking about the God that we have. We're not talking about everything being smooth and everything on the top shelf. We're talking about no matter how life is going, no matter what you walk in here with on a Sunday morning, the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my joy. I'm going to have joy today. I'm going to praise Him with all I've got. He is my God. Hallelujah. Pastor Brian started talking about, like, don't preach my message. But we give rejoicing. We enter. I will enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Not because you are having the life of your life 
It is because you have learned where your strength comes from. It is because you have learned that you serve a sovereign God who is bigger and better and more knowledgeable than you. You have understood it's no matter how it's bad, no matter how it's good, the sovereign Lord is my strength. It's not my bank account. It's not my possessions. It's not my friends, family. It's not my spouse. It is God alone in Him will I look to to be the author, the finisher of my faith. He is my strength. He is my joy. He is everything I've got. Hallelujah. Come on, church. I'm talking about real life today. Tough times. What will it take for you to walk away from God? I've seen a lot of pastors walk away from God. Why? Well, the church doesn't like me anymore. Where does it say the church is supposed to like you? Last I checked, everything I say pretty much is offensive. If I preach the word, you're going to get offended. The word offend means this in the Greek. It's a stumbling block. I grew up in Mississippi. We have these. You think you got a little bitty rock on the, on the dirt there. And I, we, I grew up barefoot. How many grew up barefoot? You know what I'm talking about? And you just walk along, see the little rock, what you want to do? You just want to kick it with your toe. And all of a sudden you rear back and you count. This is going to be a field goal. I want to win this thing. Ah! Man, your toe's busted open and bleeding. You're grabbing it. You're kissing it. You're hugging it. You're doing everything. And all of a sudden you start looking at that little rock and you move the dirt around and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. This thing's this big around. It will not move. The Bible says that the Word of God is like that. In your life, the Word gets spoken and you think, well, I'll just kick this thing around a little bit in my life. I'll kick it around and see what happens. The Word gets spoken. Well, I'll just kick this out of my life. And the word is offensive. It is bigger than you think it is. And when you try to get it away from you, it will cause you harm. It will make you fall on your knees and repent. Grab your little self-doubts and your little character and your personality and all the things that got offended. Fall on your knees and say, God, I'm so sorry. God, this thing's bigger than me. It's not about whether PCA likes me or not. I've been called by God to preach the word. Paul told Timothy, you preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. And this week I got to thinking after I prepared my message, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to offend anybody. And he said, why not? That's what you do. That's what I'm called you to do. I said, yes, sir. And then I get in my vehicle Friday morning and turn on the radio station. And the verse of the day is Habakkuk 3.19. The sovereign God, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Not PCA. Not to little you, but not you. Not my wife, my kids, my possessions. I have learned 
I have learned how to handle life because the sovereign Lord is my strength. Paul said it this way, when I am weak, that is when God gives me the strength to handle it. Some people can handle being hungry. Some people can't handle being well fed. Well, maybe we're doing good. Look at the chicken counts. Pretty good. Kids are all doing okay. Brand new cars, nice house. Hey, you want to go to church today? No, I think we're doing pretty good. You want to read your Bible? No, I think I'm doing pretty good. Where's your strength? The psalmist said it this way, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but I will remember the name of the Lord my God. Some people trust in their vehicles, their possessions, their houses, their cars, their clothing, their smile, their hair, their athletic abilities. Listen, these things are temporal, believe me. <laughs> I got stories about what I used to be. But God's God of the present. He said, where's your strength at, Pastor? God, you're all I got. And that's enough. That's enough. Though you slay me, Job said, I will serve you. I know my kids are all gone, but you know what? Lord gives, Lord takes away. I'll see them again. They're already in heaven, and I'll be there in just a little bit. I will trust you, Father. That you've, you've got this figured out. My house is gone. Get another one. God will take care of me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. If I can clothe the flowers of the field, and if I can feed the birds of the air, how much more? Lord, will I take care of you? Solomon, in all of his splendor, was never clothed as good as a flower in the field. Sandy and I have been up on the tops of some beautiful mountains. Nobody up there. And there are fields, acres and acres, of the most beautiful flowers you've ever seen. I thought, God, why are you putting these things way up here where nobody can see them? I'm God. I can do what I want to do. Yes, sir. You're sovereign. That's what that means. God does what he wants to do. And he sees bigger pictures than you and I do. So today, where's your strength? Tough times? Absolutely. I'll guarantee you. The Bible said when Jesus told his disciples in the last days, days here coming up, you're going to have tough times. You will go through tribulations. Guaranteed. Your parents are going to get diseases. Your kids are going to get diseases. Some will die. Some will live. You're going to go through times where your employment's good. Go through times where you're, you don't have any employment. 
You're going to go through times where you got plenty to eat, go through times where you don't. I guarantee Jesus looked at his disciples, you will have tribulations. But he didn't stop there. He said, be of good cheer. Rejoice. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Everything in it, I've overcome it. And today he's on our side. Today he's on your side. And he's fighting for you. And he said, hey, I want to be your strength. I want to be your help in time of trouble. Tornado comes in Oklahoma. Don't put your safety and security in your, in your uh, subterranean vault. It's a good thing to have one. But don't say that's what's going to keep you safe. No. God will keep us safe. Now, if you've got one and you've got some extra room, me and Sam will come join you. <laughs> I'm not going to give credit to that for saving my life. I'm going to give credit to God. Because God, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Stand with me today, church. Paul says, I can do all things. So today is your life why proof? Is your life why proof? When I'm going through the tough times, I'm not going to ask why. What are you going to do? Praise my God. Are you crazy? Are you insane? Have you gone mad? Are you on drugs? No. But I do have the Holy Spirit who bears witness. And I know that I have a Father who knows how to give good gifts to me. And I know that He will never leave me nor forsake me. And I know that I, I, will, I will not have to worry about it because I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging for bread. I know that God will meet all my needs. According to his riches. Because I have learned this. It's not a gift that's given to you. You have to learn it. I've learned. There's been times in our lives, mine and Sandy's life, where we've learned that a pot of spaghetti can last four weeks. I wished I had cooked steak that last night. But it was a pot of spaghetti. Four weeks. And we threw some out, eating at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know what I'm talking about, church. I'm, I'm talking to saints today. I'm talking to people of God who go through tough times. And we're not tough time proofed. You will go through them. And if you sit there and go, well, pastor, not me. I'm a born again, spirit filled child of God, and only good things happen to me. You got a lot to learn. You're just a baby Christian. You got a lot to learn. And I hope and pray somebody goes through it with you so they can help teach you. Paul said, I can do all this. I can do all this and praise God because the Lord is my strength. I told the praise team this morning, I said, I don't know how this is going to go. I never know. But here's what I feel directed by the Holy Spirit right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit is directing me this way. And every one of us, every one of us need to praise God. 
I first was going to have everybody that's going through a tough time come to the front. And that was what that was plan A. I'm like, Lord, that's what we're going to do. That's my message. This is what I feel like. And just now, God checked me in my spirit. He said, No, I want everybody praising me because praise is what I inhabit. I don't inhabit whining. I don't inhabit, you know, feeling sorry for myself. I inhabit praise. And when you're going through tough times, message. join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.